Welcome, everybody, to this week's Crypto Internet Show. I'm your host, Kyle Ellicott, partner at Stacks Ventures. Today, we're going to be talking about cross-chain derivatives trading. A mouthful, but a ton to talk about and a lot of excitement around this particular subject as we do have a very exciting announcement that has just kicked off here in the Stacks ecosystem. But first and foremost, welcome to the Crypto Internet Show. This is our weekly series talking about everything Stacks, the broader ecosystem, and building on Bitcoin. If this is your first time joining us, here's how it's going to work today. We've got an outstanding panel of speakers from all different sides of the industry that we're going to jam together in a fun conversation about today's subject and a lot more in between. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to take Q&A from all of you. So if you have any questions, please do hold those to the second half. I will do my best uh, to call out when we'll get to those and also take at least one or two questions before we wrap up. So if you got a good question, write it down so you don't forget it, but we will make time for that as well. Uh, with that being said, a lot has happened today in the Stacks ecosystem. If you didn't hear before, we were talking a little bit about the Stacks Ventures demo day. Day one kicked off today. We had over 10 different companies uh, presenting their projects and what they've been building latest on Stacks and Bitcoin as well. We'll be continuing that tomorrow. And as it was mentioned, it sold out. There may be a few tickets left. Uh, for some surprise VIPs that happen to be listening to our show today. So slip into my DMs or to that of Stacks Ventures, and we'll try to help you out as well. But we are here today to talk about a brand new partnership between Stacks and Injective Protocol uh, that is now working to enable fully decentralized Bitcoin derivatives. This was announced uh, last week on June 10th, while many of us were at Consensus in Austin, a very huge and notable partnership for the Stacks ecosystem. And also, I, I do want to give a shout out to Brittany of the Stacks Foundation. She released some very new uh, latest metrics around the Stacks ecosystem that I thought would be notable to mention on today's call before we get to introductions. We've been talking a lot about the number of Stacks addresses in the ecosystem, around 400,000. Well, today, Brittany Mike dropped a brand new number of over 428,000 Stacks addresses, almost 4,000 and growing Clarity smart contracts that we're starting to see as well. We've got over 250 full-time employees on Stacks projects across the ecosystem and over 1.5 million in grants rewarded uh, just in the last 18 months, as well as 48 trading pairs globally uh, for the Stacks ecosystem. So with that being said and some very exciting news, let's go ahead and jump in to introductions. We're joined with one of our OG speakers, Patrick. I'm going to hold you off on your introduction, but I do want to go in order uh, with next introductions. Tycho, you're finally on stage. Zesty and all. Quick introduction for everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Great to... Uh... Great, great to be here, and well, great that that all of you are here because you know you're the real uh, the real warriors, you know, weathering the weathering the storm. But yeah, I'm Tycho, um, general manager at, at Trust Machines, um, from where we're building uh, Zest Protocol, which is an undercollateralized Bitcoin lending app. So currently in in audit, and I guess we can uh, show you some uh, a test net very very soon. Um, but uh, but yeah, and I also helped a little bit from the from the trust machine side, or I guess the, you know, more broad, broadly the Stacks ecosystem side with uh, getting this, uh, this partnership off the ground. So super, uh, super excited for, uh, for Eric to unwrap everything. As, as am I. And next up, Sungmin, uh, a quick introduction, please. Hello, I'm Sungmin, uh, founder of StackSwap. Uh, we are Dex and building tools to help early stage entrepreneurs to onboard the Web3 ecosystem based on Bitcoin and I mean stacks, thus on Bitcoin, and very excited to hear things today. Thank you. Awesome. Well, not only hear things, but also have a conversation. You're part of the speaking choir today, so a lot to share as well. Last but not least, Eric, welcome, CEO and co-founder of Injective Labs. A short introduction, please. Hey guys, this is Eric uh, from uh, Injective Labs. Uh, really excited to be here. Uh, we'd love to you know chat more with you guys about uh, crossing derivatives. 
All right, well, let's jump right into it. And uh, Eric and team, just so you know, I this is a very exciting uh, partnership and also topic, cross-chain derivatives trading. But there are going to be some terms we might have to go a little bit more deeper into and explain. So if I interrupt you during today's discussion, it's for good reason. But uh, with that, uh, Tycho, since you played such an important role in this partnership, why don't you give us a highlight of, of what this new partnership is? is between stocks and injective protocol right sure 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 i can i guess i can sort of kick it kick it off but um but yeah i mean in the end what what you're able to do is um is trade stx um perps right perpetuals which is like this sort of you know new DeFi enabled type of derivatives or options uh, uh trading where you can basically uh yeah you can you can basically uh yeah i guess you can you can go long or go go short on um on, on STX fully fully on chain for the first time. All right, well, let's go let's go a little deeper on that, Eric. Uh, for you, um, what derivatives are currently created on Injective, and are they truly and fully decentralized? I noticed in the release release a lot of mention of different types of derivatives, and maybe we can go into each of those and what they are, what they mean. Yeah, so. Basically, um, injective chain powers uh, this primitive, which is a fully decentralized on-chain order book, and on top, a derivative layer that supports currently, uh, just right now, uh, perpetual uh, expired futures, binary options, and so forth. And later on, could extend support to uh, even more interesting niche and potentially exotic uh, derivative instruments. Um, So... One of the most interesting part about Injective is that currently, as of right now, um, I believe all all but one market is uh, fully, fully decentralized from, you know, uh, the order placement, from the margining, from the market price calculation to settlement um, are all done fully on chain, which means that, you know, developers and products can compose with it, come up with a really interesting primitive with it. Um, and even the Oracle uh, is coming from Band Oracle, which is also an on-chain uh, Oracle solution that allows people uh, to create market using those uh, price feeds uh, that are submitted by, you know, a decentralized set of parties. And currently, there's a lot of markets live. I think, you know, to highlight a few, uh, obviously, you know, there's run-of-mill um, crypto uh, uh, perpetual swaps that are really, really interesting. But there's also, you know, like uh, Board of Yacht Club's uh, Reef uh, floor price perpetual that has uh, re- uh, recently gotten a lot of uh, um, you know, attention, uh, which allows people to basically, you know, speculate or hedge on uh, Board of Yacht Club uh, collection uh, uh um, uh, floor prices. So overall, it's an extremely flexible infrastructure. It allows people to create uh, any type of derivative and uh, create uh, you know very interesting markets where you know most people can really access in the CFI. And Eric, when you say, uh, oh, go ahead, Patrick. Do you have a question? I was like, I think um, before we go into um, kind of like trader talk and there's probably a lot of people in the audience that could have this like broken down for them at like a third grader level like even just starting with what is a, der- what is a derivative and I think that might be helpful took the words right out of my mouth perfect uh, question let's let's start right there so what is a derivative Eric I'm going to throw that over to you yeah sure derivative is very very broad um, it's essentially a set of instruments that um, can uh, allows kind of contract uh, and value that relies on its underlying without necessarily and usually uh, traded or touching uh, the underlying. So that means that, you know, uh, in, in some of the more basic cases, you could be trading around a futures contract on a, you know, grain or on, you know, a certain commodity, uh, let's say, uh, you know, grain in this case. And whenever you trade like a future contract in this case, it could be, you know, a right to purchase a bunch of uh, grain at, you know, time, let's say, um, uh, four months from now. And so essentially it allows you to move around this contract without worrying about, you know, moving all those grains and moving around, you know, like, you know, a ton of cargo and goods and allows, you know, either farmers to kind of sell those futures contracts to, um, basically hedge against it and ensure, you know, price security uh, allows traders to speculate on it and, more importantly, allows, uh, you know, people to, more down the line of supply chain to secure a guaranteed price. 
And over time, this is really, really involved where essentially it becomes a very interesting place for people to hedge against risk, uh, for people to, you know, as a matter of fact, lever up uh, and increase our risk, or uh, overall, you know, become a much more liquid destination uh, for, uh, uh, you know, exposure and underlying without necessarily going through the cost of moving the underlying. And that's actually a very interesting use case for, um, you know, especially uh, Bitcoin, for example, because, you know, moving uh, uh, or making a transaction um, in a decentralized way, obviously, without, you know, the crediting system, essentially takes 10 minutes or 20 minutes uh, uh, at least. However, you know, when there's a perpetual swap, when there's a futures contract on top of Bitcoin, um, it, it essentially allows a much more seamless and much faster transfer of, uh, you know, exposure and risk um, um, without even, you know, worrying about the cost of moving around the Bitcoin itself. And Eric, we, we also talk a little bit about perpetuals, synthetics. Um, can you maybe go into a little bit about yeah. what these are as, as well individually? Yeah, I mean, like, this is like a whole, uh, whole broad, like derivatives is an extremely broad thing. It generally mean, just means that, you know, the value of this derivative product uh, is dependent on the underlying. Now, in what way, in what uh, function, in what um, uh, uh, how is it impacted? That's generally where you know the type of derivative product uh, um, is differentiated. For example, perpetual swap generally, um, you know, uh, is essentially a kind of tracking derivative product that uh, generally trades most of the time one to one with the underlying uh, in real time. So you you shouldn't you know generally like uh, expect too much of a long term divergence between a derivative product and also the underlying because of the existence where if you hold a position and you know the overall like derivative uh, like perpetual swap market is uh, uh, trading at like you know two percent premium or like five percent premium um, funding rate kicks in and it uh, basically ensures that the uh, perpetual swap market moves back uh, to you know as close to Bitcoin uh, price or mark price as possible. And this is very interesting because essentially during this entire trading, Bitcoin was never touched. Um, it, it allows uh, you know much more efficient uh, transfer. It allows you know much stronger uh, uh, aggregation of value, and it, it ensures you know generally speaking you know uh, stronger liquidity on the perpetual pairs uh, than uh, you know like the underlying. And another interesting thing is that generally um, it's a, a it's a much more capital efficient and cheaper way of shorting compared to. Uh, uh, margin trading. Um, there's obviously a lot more, um, you know, like there's expiry futures, uh, there's, you know, binary options, there's options as well. Um, all of those are essentially, um, you know, different types of uh, expressiveness of uh, value of the contract itself uh, compared with the underlying. Got it. When, when you were giving some of the examples earlier of the um, Ford Ape Yacht Club, for instance, and their perpetual swaps, being able to speculate on floor prices. You had mentioned that there could be more interesting and exotic options of derivatives in the near future. And this might get a little wild and crazy, but what are some of those uh, that we could potentially see maybe in the next coming months uh, as we start to look more at this cross-chain uh, interaction versus maybe just one particular ecosystem? Honestly, there's a lot. So currently, injective natively supports obviously uh, uh, some cases binary option and also expiry futures. And most interestingly, the overall you know listing and creation of markets are permissionless. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you know you can go through like two processes. One is you know so, uh, somewhat uh, you know flexible, but it allows you to create them instantly. And the other one gives you the full range of flexibility. Uh, but you have to, you know, wait a few days, you know, go through governance and so forth. So really, it's uh, uh, we won't know what markets will be created or are being created uh, by the community, and that's really the exciting and you know scary part at the same time, um, because essentially people can really, you know, like once they grab like a price feed, once they, uh, you know, uh, um, make a request, uh, they they can just create you know any type of instrument that they want. As a matter of fact, right now um, it's completely possible for someone, you know, with a little bit of engineering know-how to potentially support an expired futures market on, you know, for example, stacks, um, uh, all, all within, you know, 20 or 30 minutes at most. Wow. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to hold on that. There's a, I've got a bigger question there, but uh, I know Tycho 
uh, has his hand up. So Tycho. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was just just wondering, uh, Patrick, do, do you understand what a derivative is now? Because I think if uh, if if not, we maybe want to want to spend a bit more time on that. <laughs> uh, no comment. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe. I, I, I to, be, to be honest, I was listening to the first the first half, and I had to send a message real quick. Uh, still sounded pretty complicated, though. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I guess I mean that that's 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 great that that, that you're here, right? Because I think then we can sort of just see and and and, and go until you you get it, right? And then we can use it as a proxy if, if everyone else also so got it. But uh, um, yeah, I guess I guess I would be happy to have a quick quick shot of it, maybe. But um, I guess in the end, like derivative or like with the the kind of you know I guess options, right, or futures that 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 injective offers. So basically, in the end, it's like saying, okay, I want to buy X, right? I want to buy grain. Um, at a certain point in time for this much money, right? For this many dollars. And that's a contract, right? That gives you the right to buy an X amount of grain for an X amount of dollars in the future oh, point in time, right? Yeah, that's an option, actually. Yeah, um, yeah so, so futures is like you, you get the grain uh, as soon as you present a contract. Right, right. No, good, 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 good point. Good, good correction there. Um, yeah, so so I guess you, you sort of you're basically trading a contract, right? Um, and that's what these what these you know I guess traditional finance exchanges like facilitate, right? That you can trade these these futures contracts, right? Which I guess give you this this grain, right, at a certain point in time for a certain for a certain price, right? And then there's basically a market for grain in the future. Right? Uh, and I guess that's quite helpful, right? If you're running a certain business, maybe that relies on grain. Because if you know that you need to buy a bunch of grain in the future, um, but not not yet now, then you can already kind of you know lock in the price, right? Uh, or you can kind of know what people expect, you know, what grain might 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 cost in, in in the future. That's kind of what these markets enable. But in the end, this is just contracts that are being traded, right, on on traditional finance exchanges, and then you know making the leap to 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 DeFi, it makes a lot of sense for these. You know, contracts to you know trade. I guess as 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 well, you know, as smart contracts, right? Uh, uh, you can do all kinds of automations. So, are derivatives the same things as options, or and or are they the same things as futures? I guess yeah, option so, is a kind of derivative. Oh, sorry, Gary, go ahead. Oops, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So all these are under this umbrella term of uh, derivatives. Great. Awesome. All right, uh, Tycho, anything else to add on that? Oh, yeah. Um, no, I think <laughs> the, 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 this, this burps, burps thing is very, very interesting, right? Because burps is basically something that, 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 uh, that, 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 that DeFi created, right? Or I guess that, that you can create on-chain for the first time because perps, usually how it's being works. perpetuals, just to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And, and, and I guess the, 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 the thing is that usually like how this would work in, and Eric can probably explain this better than, than me, but like how this would work in traditional finance, right? Is that you kind of, you know, you, you, you go to a bank, right? Or, or you go to some sort of institution and you say, okay, I, I want to, uh, you know, get this, get this grain for a certain price point in the future. And then they give you this contract uh, and then they are in the middle of the trade, right? So this, this sort of bank is in the middle of the trade and then needs to find someone else on the other side that maybe wants to take the other side of the trade. Right. Um, and this sort of gets automated, right? With, with, with perpetual, basically, you know, the, the, the protocol finds someone who's on the other, on the other side of, of, of the trade automatically. Um, that's that's fair, right? Songmin and uh, and Eric. Yeah, exactly. Songmin, go for it. Yeah, um, Eric, I'll I'll like to you know ask your help, perhaps to explain to the general public how would a user experience would be in case, say, someone creates um, so a SIP ten token based futures exchange and say I want to you know trade on that decentralized futures exchange powered by injective then how would their experience would be like could you explain like maybe step by step like setting a web wallet and so forth maybe that would help people understand the product better yeah um, so so currently injective is integrated with uh, most of uh, major wallets 
uh, obviously, unfortunately, not a, a Bitcoin wallet uh, due to some of the you know, intricacies behind it. Um, but essentially, if you're, let's say, like a MetaMask user, you're a Hover wallet user, or you're a, um, um, a Kepler user, um, so you can all uh, you can always access the platform uh, on top of Injective, and the uh, the user experience flow is actually very very simple. Um, for example, like let's say what's uh, depending on you know what type of asset you have, it could be coming from IBC, um, which is through Cosmos, which actually supports you know a form of uh, wrapped Bitcoin at the moment, uh, which is really exciting. Um, or it could be you know from Ethereum, and generally you know most of the major like uh, I guess stable coins are. Uh, ha- have the most of the presence uh, in Ethereum at the moment. So generally, um, the, the flow or like the typical standard flow would be, you know, you have some, let's say, USDC or USDT, and then you can, you know, uh, basically go on, you know, some of the uh, exchange applications and uh, deposit into it, um, uh, you know, on the portfolio page. And then from that point on, basically, it, it undergoes like this fully decentralized bridging process uh, that lands on top of the injective chain. And uh, that basically becomes a balance, and you can deposit and you know go along on uh, PTC, USDT perp or SAC USDT perp. So, um, uh, way I understand yeah, from bit. the documentation I saw so far, um, so Shiro Wallet isn't integrated yet. Am I correct? I'm sorry, what? Shiro uh, Wallet. That's you know of the most widely used wallet on stacks isn't integrated with the product. Yeah it? It, yeah, it depends on the signature scheme. Uh, there are some that are possible. There are some that are, uh, you know, pretty tough. But, um, you know, in terms of build over, uh, so, so, so there's two, two components. Right? One is, like, signing on top of the injective chain, and that has, like, you know, it's innate, like, uh, restrictions because of the support of uh, different types of signature schemes. Yes, yeah, maybe helpful to, to clarify as well, right? That this um, that this you know, uh, uh, futures market, right, is not is it's not it's not on, on 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 stacks, right? And neither do you require to bridge over any any STX, right, to participate in this. I think that's maybe important to clarify. Yeah, and that's the interesting part because uh, essentially, um, you know, obviously, you know, when there's a bridge integrated with stacks, you know, users can you know easily bridge over the native token onto Injective. Um, but currently, you know, you actually don't need uh, um, uh, stacks or Bitcoin to uh, um, uh, basically build up like a derivative position because essentially, you know, like then your risk of uh, you know, price fluctuation of stacks and also Bitcoin also gets convoluted um, uh, with the derivative market itself. Sometimes it's a good thing, but oftentimes, you know, people, people prefer to, you know, just look at, you know, one risk uh, exposure. Um, so... Yeah, like uh, yeah. Overall, maybe Eric, you can also explain how, how that then that then works. You, 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 so you can you can basically trade uh, uh, stacks futures without needing to do anything with with STX, right? So 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 that's exactly. that was sort of something that for, you know for me when I looked initially at the proposal and so on, I was like, okay, like now now sort of the coin has dropped, right? I understand how how this how this works, but maybe you want to want to like explain explain that a bit more because that I think that's quite a key thing for the audience to understand they don't need to do anything with stx to to basically trade these uh these stacks futures yeah and and that's the interesting part right uh um the nature of derivative is that you don't necessarily require the underlying to you know participate in those markets um you know generally like perpetual swap on for example like uh finance uh you know ftx and you know other platforms um Generally, they, they're just margined by uh, stable coins. Uh, sometimes they might be margined by the native coin itself as well. But uh, oftentimes, you know, users prefer to uh, uh, build up derivative positions using stable coins so that, uh, you know, the price fluctuation of their margin isn't convoluted with the price fluctuation or, you know, the fluctuation of the derivatives price itself. So, In a more um, simple way. <laughs> Sorry, you go ahead. Yeah. Do you have any plans to perhaps extend the support from injective size so that delivery of STX or uh, Stacks blockchain token might be possible in future? Um, at yeah, the end of a futures uh, contract. 
Yeah, that's that's one of the things in the work right now is to work with you know some of the potential bridge solutions to bring uh, you know uh, stacks and also you know other like platform uh, assets to inject it in a fully decentralized way. Is there any timeline that's associated with it that's somewhat definite? Um, it, it really depends because uh, this is, you know, like uh, Injective tries to take an un, uh, unopinionated view when it comes to, you know, the bridging solutions and which one should be the canonical, which one should, uh, should be not. Um, so it, it depends on, you know, like uh, uh, essentially like an external party uh, or a few other external parties when it comes to, you know, uh, bridging assets uh, in general. Um, so, so tough for for us to you know give out like a timeline on our end because uh, there's not much we can do to influence their timeline. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's also kind of on 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 us, right? So that's something we're we're also working on. You know, I guess in the wider Stacks ecosystem, right, to enable enable all of these uh, exciting bridges to uh, to come to Stacks. We need like uh, and and uh, I guess a consensus breaking update to the to the chain, which is probably going to happen uh, soon. But you know, then uh, then basically Eric can, can can do all this exciting stuff. So he basically already you know came here, <laughs> you know, before before any of this was 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 possible, right? To kind of uh, you know I guess try the sort of MVP you know of. Uh, of of this kind of type of type of type of derivative and um, yeah and then sort of expand expand from there. Yeah, and that's really exciting because uh, essentially, uh, uh, you know, for for quite a long time, I think you know overall the Bitcoin ecosystem um, uh, is very very difficult to like bridge over to any other ecosystem uh, in a fully decentralized way. Um, basically, there were kind of ex explorations here and there, um, you know, through. You know HTLCs and so forth, but you know with, with Taproot and with some of the more exciting developments uh, overall, I think um, that's when you know like everyone starts uh, 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 bringing assets in the true uh, multi-chain world and the cross-chain world in a permissionless and decentralized way. Yeah, absolutely, and that's also what what makes me so excited about these kinds of partnerships, right? That um, that that basically, I mean, the sources of one of these other projects that's being being worked on, right, is kind of uh, being able to sort of trustlessly wrap Bitcoin onto onto the stacks, you know, onto the stacks blockchain, and um, um, yeah, stacks would be the only place where this could be could be possible, right? So that basically creates a really interesting yeah. value proposition towards you know other other people building on other chains, right? Like Eric is building on on. On, on Cosmos, for example, uh, to then you know through Stacks interact with, uh, with with Bitcoin much more much more closely. But uh, but initially starting with uh, with the STX USDT uh, uh, you know perp of course, and then uh, yeah, if that goes well, we can see where 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 it goes from 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 here. But some other things that are maybe quite exciting that that you could do with this with this um, with this perp, right? It's like um, I guess you can you can if you have to hold STX, right? You can basically hedge out your your exposure, right? So maybe you're, say, a big liquidity provider, right? And you want to uh, add liquidity to the, for example, say, uh, STX XUSD, right? XUSD is like wrapped USDC on uh, on, yep. on on stacks. I don't think the, the pair uh, uh, exists yet. I'm going to have to check on Alex, actually, if it does. But imagine you'd want to do that, right? And you're like, well, you know, I would want to do that, but actually I would want to hedge out my exposure to STX. So I don't want to have... The, the the volatility right of STX on my balance sheet. I just want, I just want dollars, right? So I need to add XUSD to this to this pair, which is like one dollar, and I would want to adjust uh, my my exposure to 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 STX price risk as well. And and then I just want to have uh, you know USD on my balance sheet when I add to this to this pair. Now then I can go to 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 injective, and I can I can basically hedge out uh, this kind of. Um, this this kind of exposure, you know, through through the platform, uh, and you know, then also potentially build smart contracts on top of that again, right? And then uh, then you get the whole money Lego uh, uh, effect. Yeah, yeah, this is overall very exciting. I I think it's like a little bit difficult for us to kind of like um, uh, explain like in a very intuitive way um, how how this will all come together and how you know like the value can be presented to the end user. And I think you know the easiest way. Um, you know, in the long run, I said once all of these uh, integrations coming together, and one, once you know, like the, the composability between applications and uh, um, you know the interactions starts to happen, and the user kind of uh, uh, interact with it, you know, whether knowingly or unknowingly, interestingly, uh, uh, and really get the benefit from it uh, in the long run. By the way, um, 
it's it's amazing that you have this tool to be able to spin up um, perpetual futures decks based on order book fairly quickly. But another important aspect of running um, a futures exchange would be having enough liquidity. So I'm I'm just curious if there's any plans to bake um, some kind of incentive mechanism to liquidated providers of the derivative exchange that's built on top of Injective with the Injective token? So there are quite a few ways. Um, so one of the most exciting ones uh, at the moment is that we want to really um, basically make sure that market making, which is traditionally uh, kind of this exclusive black, spo- uh, black box you know, uh, um, uh, strategy, um, that are uh, inaccessible by like the general folks and very, very difficult for general folks to have uh, um, the bandwidth and ability to do so um, um, to, and really democratize it and automate it and uh, bring it on chain. And this is one of probably the most uh, exciting effort that we've been working on right now um, is kind of leverage, it, uh, leverage the smart contract platform on top of Injective and uh, create this uh, on-chain strategy that um, allows people to... Um, provide liquidity uh, with just one click and o- over time, you know, really uh, strengthen the, you know, global like protocol liquidity uh, uh, as well. Because essentially, like right now, obviously within DeFi, we see that, um, you know, if you consistently bring in uh, incentives into the system, it actually kind of dilutes down uh, the overall participation and kind of conflates the community with uh, people that are relatively, you know, here uh, for the incentive uh, versus, you know, uh, uh, folks who are here for, um, um, you know, actually interacting with a platform uh, uh, in the long run. And and over time, we've certainly seen, you know, like DeFi projects um, making the wrong, like, uh, uh, you know, community uh, decision or, you know, going in the wrong way when um, uh, when the incentive in the system is just uh, uh, too uh, too strong. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the way I hear it is that liquidity prov- for liquidity providers to, I mean, so you, you're trying to supply the market making algorithm to allow liquidity providers to be able to participate in the market without having sophistication, and it's under development right now. Am I correct? Exactly, because one of the biggest advantage of uh, you know uh, the XYK MM, especially you know uh, for for the uh, for the meteoric rise for the past two or three years, is that providing liquidity is extremely simple, and people see kind of like the payout from it uh, relatively quickly. And generally, you know, um, especially for a lot of uh, 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 the traditional market or traditional finance folks. You know, this is uh, a hundred billion dollar plus industry, if not trillions. And basically, even bring a fraction of that type of uh, technology and type of uh, sophistication on chain will allow uh, a lot more people to at least being uh, being uh, uh, gain access to uh, you know this ability and this type of infrastructure that uh, other people are uh, you know profiting profiting off of uh, um, in a more black boxed and uh, 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 a gateway. That's very exciting. Um, when do we expect to see this like fully deployed and ready to be used by everyday users by? Yeah, um, so currently it's uh, under uh, development. Um, give or take, I think, you know, like Q3 or Q4 uh, will be in full production. Um, Obviously, you know, like this is a very, very novel like uh, algorithm. So, if the testing, if the closed beta or like uh, the closed testing and so forth goes well, you know, like uh, you can probably see it in production faster. But this is one of those things, especially given recent instances, that you want to be absolutely safe um, because it, it is a very complicated algorithm at the end of the day, um, and there could be like unintended consequences. Um, um, you know, due to let's say you know extreme conditions where uh, the on-chain algorithm just uh, miscalculates and creates like a huge loss as a result um something that you know we want to be really careful of when we uh contribute to these uh strategies yeah um totally agree and i'm sure quite a bit of people who participated in the field of quantitative finance probably agree that 
you really need to test things out in a actual market to see the real response. So would that be that kind of like I say like um, late beta stage that you'll be testing with real um, capital to open market? Yeah, exactly. It, it would be it would be in a more private way so that you know um, people testing it uh, you know understood the risk and are are kind of limited um, at least on a front end level. Uh, um, uh, in terms of like capital size, so that you know uh, uh, the loss is overall contained, um, and obviously you know like during like a public beta, um, we, uh, there are potentially you know some safeguards that governance can set or even you know the front end can set uh, to make sure that you know people understood that this is still like a um, you know experimental and you know innovative yet experimental uh, piece of uh, uh, infrastructure. And Eric, with that, I mean. Typically, these products have been made available to institutional level uh, investors or uh, players in some cases, and now this is being opened up to the masses. I mean, we talked about some of the pretty cool, exciting things we could see you know, created through Injective Labs Launchpad in less than 20 minutes. But I mean, what is that maybe greater impact uh, if more, excuse me, when more and more um users on all levels get access to this and we don't go just from a, a testing to a test net to um you know next pilot phases but we actually go into a full call it main net deployment of this as well yeah uh, i mean it's already being tested currently in test net um but i i think like this is one of those things where like um um you, you, you don't want to be uh, overzealous as a community to really hop on and uh, kind of uh, ignore the risk that comes with it as, uh, as we've uh, seen in the recent uh, uh, incidences. And at the end of the day, like, obviously, uh, uh, you know, realizing its full uh, vision and um, really, you know, bringing it to like mass production where, um, um, you know, the participation of capital could be in the hundreds of millions of billions mean that essentially, you know, while like these strategies may not be necessarily uh, as sophisticated as what people are working on, you know, within the proprietary trading firms, um, it can certainly uh, bring at least part of it, uh, uh, part of essentially like the alpha or, you know, like the, uh, the profit away from them. Uh, by um, participating uh, actively and you know democratizing uh, um, this type of activity uh, for everyone. Um, is there any channel that we should use when individual projects would try to reach out to Injective for potential cooperation? Yeah, I think like overall the Telegram group is very active. Um, the Discord group is you know just as active as well. Um, and actually, you know, most of the developers prefer to use the, uh, the Discord uh, server uh, of the injective over a Telegram. So I think Discord would be uh, a much better place to start with, uh, you know, collaborating and discussing about potential integrations. Awesome. And I think we've got maybe a few more questions between Tycho, Sungman, myself, uh, and maybe even Eric has a question for us uh, in return since uh, <laughs> he and the team are, are new into the Stacks ecosystem. So we're happy to, to have that conversation on the other side as well. But uh, to the audience, if you do have questions, go ahead and start to get those ready. Uh, raise your hand, uh, request to speak, and we'll bring you up on stage and we'll take a couple questions uh, here as we come to the second half of the show. But um any questions for Eric or Eric, any questions for you, for you? I mean, welcome to the Stacks ecosystem, to you and the entire Injective uh, team. But, um, you know, maybe furthermore, what's getting you excited about Stacks? I mean, what outstanding questions do you have about, you know, what we're doing in the ecosystem, you know, Bitcoin, BFI, uh, DeFi to, um, you know, Sungman launched the very first uh, DEX on the Bitcoin network, Tyco, uh, working at Trust Machines and also bringing us the zestiest of zesty protocols uh, into the ecosystem as well. No questions, Eric. You know everything. Any questions for us? 
sorry. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought I pressed the unmute button. Um, I think like overall, like one of the most exciting part about uh, Blocks X is obviously uh, unlocking, um, you know, the capabilities of uh, uh, the Bitcoin network and really extending it. Um, it's really kind of uh, the mission for uh, Injective as well for uh, within this uh, multi-chain world, because essentially overall, you know, most of the, uh, uh, blockchains out there have, you know, their various uh, have various levels of constraints. Um, namely, sometimes you know, EVM uh, um, is extremely computationally expensive. Um, you know, storage is very very expensive, and you know, uh, a lot of other uh, 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 virtual environments and blockchains, you know, so, such as like LLVM and so forth, uh, all have their you know limitations, drawbacks for like developer experience. And you know what Injective wants to do is uh, for you know specific class or sector of uh, application developer, make it the best possible en- environment for them to build, for them to you know innovate on. And honestly, prop to you guys because you guys are literally the first people uh, you know uh, doing this in a sense, and you know really expanding the environment. And congrats on. Uh, all, all the recent uh, progress because um, you know you guys have definitely been on the news all the time um, and basically I, I would say like you know like uh, uh, my, my main question would be what is the most exciting thing um, um, or the next big thing that you guys are working on to unlock more possibility and more value from you know uh, uh, the biggest asset class in crypto I think there's a similar and different answer from all three sides of the table over here. Um, and I think I'm going to throw that to Sungman first, you know, who's been in the space for some time. And again, being the first DEX in the ecosystem, I am sure there's some very exciting things uh, as well. And I know he and the team just released some incredible updates that I was reading pre-show uh, as well, including that from uh, on the stack swap side of CityCoins 2 to a new launch pad, uh, a new DAO, hyperchains. But Sungman, I don't want to take the floor from you here. Uh, to Eric's question, what are you excited about? What are you looking forward to in the ecosystem as it develops? I think we're waiting on hyperchain coming to mainnet the most because, you know, there's always this painful, no free lunch <laughs> theorem that we must experience when it comes to decentralization and speed and you know those been around in stacks know how painful it gets sometimes but if there's a means to kind of dial how much of a decentralization we would like to give up in exchange with a faster speed and better user experience i think uh that would actually improve the overall quality of not just a user experience like this the stacks ecosystem development in general. So we're waiting on hyperchain uh, for most, and also bridging um, solutions with uh, ERC-20 networks, such as like Orbit Chain. Um, that's another thing, like, you know, like like this bridging type of solution has been trend for past year or so, I mean, even longer actually, but it, I think it's necessary to, to have this to enable um, amount of fun to flow in and out of in different blockchains. So, I mean, there's there's so many amazing things on the stacks and like, you know, with Clary language and the ecosystem itself. Only downside is that uh, with the uh, that I've experienced is probably like a slower speed compared to the rest of the like popular blockchain, which has less decentralization. And also at the same time, lack of, um, not lack of, like smaller size of native stacks, um, like economy compared to, say, Ethereum or, or, or others. But so if there's some kind of a native Bitcoin um, transfer call that could be allowed with um, stack smart contract, this, I mean, the teams are working on it for some time, so it will be delivered eventually. So yeah, three things, uh, hyperchain, um, bridges and more native Bitcoin support. That's what we've been waiting for. I guess. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that sort of give that a bit more a bit more color. Like I think in the end, like Eric, like what we what we really wanna 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 do or sort of can can do um, because you know Stacks has read access to Bitcoin state like natively 
baked into the protocol, right? Is that we could like there would be a possibility to create like a, a sort of a wrapped Bitcoin that looks quite a lot like wrapped ETH, right? So I guess that is like uh, you know like I guess wrapped through through contracts basically, you know, and, and, and one on the on the Bitcoin side and one on the stack side that kind of you know of course like talk to each other because the blocks are synchronized and uh, um, yeah that's like one of the one of the big big projects and then of course like you know the bridging. Uh, you know, will be very important to you know bring that you know to the wider world and also bring the wider world to <laughs> to to us, right? To to sort of uh, you know interact with all that exciting stuff, uh, uh, you know, on 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 stacks and then on faster speed and then also with this these hyperchains, which are basically, I guess you could you could you could think of these hyperchains some extent like the avalanche subnets, right? Um, so. You know, you could basically have a an, an app chain, right? On on uh, that settles back onto stacks, that settles back onto Bitcoin, and then it would be very interesting to have some sort of element of even compatibility as well, right? So that it would be very easy to just you know port over applications and run them and settle them on, on Bitcoin and be able to use this sort of super tight Bitcoin integration to uh, to do to do interesting stuff, right? So um, yeah, I think that's uh, uh, you know much more to to offer uh, you know very soon to. Uh, to projects kind of uh, you know coming over and interacting uh, interacting with stacks. Yeah, and I'll just add uh, in addition to all that and more. I'm sitting on the venture funding side and having worked with some of the early projects that are in the ecosystem and, and those that are yet to be announced. Eric, I think all that and again the cross chain support. You know, being able to bridge. Uh, and bring users across in addition to liquidity uh, is going to be immensely important as well. And I think you know some of the additional upgrades on infrastructure around um, at the application layer, even at the data layer as well that we have being worked on and that are going to soon be coming out will be massive upgrades in addition to what both Sungman and, and Tycho mentioned around hyperchains uh, as well. And um, Lastly, I'm going to throw out there a little bit of a wild, two wild cards, and that's, you know, one or three, actually, NFTs, seeing how NFTs become really a big piece beyond um, its infancy stage as of the past few years and looking at um, that as an identifier or in gated access in some way, which leads into um, the beginnings of DAO and DAO management and DAO tooling that we're starting to see that again will bring more users in and bring more activity and then lastly uh, Patrick unfortunately had to drop off just a few minutes early but also crypto cities and what we're doing a lot on civic side and how things of this nature that we've been discussing today may play a role whether that's with city coins so individual tokens based around specific cities to the role of uh, governments and then just generally and broadly uh, maybe how all this plays into the future of citizens and where they choose to live all right well everybody with that uh, being said we do have a time for a question or two uh, if, if you do have any for Tycho, uh sugman or eric or myself as well we'd love to hear any questions around today's topic uh, as well and as we do bring up uh, any additional speakers to the stage. Sugman, where can everyone go to learn a little bit more about StackSwap as well? If they want to join, they want to start looking, start learning, and start integrating. Uh, we're, we're trying to make it as straightforward as possible, but we're, I, I understand we're still lacking. Um, you could check out the Discord, I guess. That's like the source of quick information because we've been constantly updating, <laughs> but we kind of slowed down for just past month or so. But um, yeah, because we've been updating so fast, because even UIs are changing little by little. So I think Discord is the best place to find out. You should just toss out a question and somebody will answer um, quickly. Wonderful. All right. Discord. There we go. That's the, the number one spot. Uh, Tycho, when it comes to everything you're working on with Trust Machines, uh, Zest Protocol, uh, which we know, we know is still in development and hopefully will be teased out more to the world and to those institutions uh, that we talked about earlier when it come, came to the beginnings of derivative products. But where can people learn more? Anything new about the Zest Protocol that we as a community should be aware of that you can tease out to us as well? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So just to sort of as a refresher, right? Zest Protocol is uh, uh, is going to do uh, you know, Bitcoin loans to institutional borrowers. Right? So um, yeah, I guess fully fully doing doing that on chain and not having any of the 
of the sort of, uh, I guess, difficult situations, right, that some of these centralized lenders get into that people don't really know who they're lending to, uh, which causes all kinds of all kinds of problems. So basically, uh, yeah, doing that on chain with, with, with Bitcoin. Um, and yeah, the best way to learn more is zestprotocol.com. And there, there's sort of a, kind of our one pager, which, which explains a bit, a bit more. Um, but I guess as an update, uh, you know, our contracts uh, have been deployed successfully onto, onto testnet and we're currently putting the UI up. So very soon, uh, you know, we can invite people to, uh, to have a look and share some, uh, share some demos. So we'll be making much more noise, uh, very soon. So, um, yeah, definitely stay, stay tuned for that. Um. Wonderful. The, the house is slowly coming together. We're getting furniture in it, paint on the walls. It's all coming together. This is absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Eric, did you have a question? Uh, no, I, I'm happy to you know um, uh, move on to audience question. Actually, I got one more question for you. It looks like the audience is still getting together on their questions. So, uh, Eric, when it comes to injective and beginning around uh, you know learning more about the partnership that we've been talking about today, uh, kicking off uh, someone's journey in cross-chain and derivatives trading, where is the best place for them to go to start and begin that journey? Um, obviously, uh, injective.com. That will be the you know first spot where you start learning about you know what the network can offer, um, what's possible uh, for you know all walks of life. And hub.injective.network is kind of this, uh, um, entryway into the chain where you get to see, you know, staking, some of the core features, uh, governance, and so forth. Um, there are quite a few of uh, applications that you know people can start accessing and check it out. And obviously, you know, uh, a, a growing uh, uh, it's going to be a growing list. And yeah, uh, I think that would be the best possible place. Awesome, Eric Tycho, Sungman. Thank you both all very much for, again, today's discussion and going not just high level and talking about what derivatives are, but going deep down into the technicals of how the new partnership between Stacks and Injective Protocol will work when it comes to cross-chain derivatives trading. Uh, and a big thank you to all of you in the community who joined us today and um, participated in this discussion. Be sure to follow Stacks on Twitter and tune in every week on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. And until next time, take care, everybody. I'm your host, Kyle Alakai, partner at Stacks Ventures. Take care, everybody.